down with one beer, two beers, three beers. So yeah, we're just on the extended version, the uh, director's cut, as it were, of the Cheshire Brewhouse Elephant's Breath uh, 1905 Edwardian ESB Founders Reserve. Um, it's a tasty, it's a tasty little uh, little bitter, really, and you know, six point four percent. That's a that's a it's a good whack of ABV, really. Um, but you know. It, like I said, it is a shame that we can't we can't get these anymore. I'm glad he I'm glad he brought the glass as well because um, it's an interesting little glass that'll go in the collection. I keep getting told off by the wife that I've got too many glasses, and then when the new one arrives or I liberate a new one from the pub that I need to get rid of an old one, but that's not really the idea of collecting these glasses, is it? If you've got to get rid of one to bring a new one in, that's no good. So hopefully we'll get my bar area sorted, which um, could be a summertime project. And obviously I'll I'll bring you with me on that journey. We'll document that as we go along. And uh, a lot of my glasses might go and live out of there with, uh, with my homebrew kit and all the other kind of beer stuff and anything else man cave related. I'm sure my wife will be quite happy to move me out there. Um, yeah, so a date on it of 2022, uh, May 2022. So yeah, a year out of date really. And um, I'm not always overly fussed about that with beers. They hold up pretty well. This is in a um, in an aluminium can. It's well sealed, so it's not as if it was a bottle that's been sat on someone's windowsill in the sun or anything like that. So we're, we're, we're not too bad. And uh, Cheshire Brewhouse established in 2012. Now, I just went back on Untapped um, to see if I've had anything from them because I couldn't recall. So around 2017, 2018, I have had some of their beers. So I had The Revolution Will Not Be Televised which was a New England Pale Ale, 5.4%. Didn't log that as a location, so I'm wondering where I've had that from, unless it was part of the old um, beer festival they used to do in Crewe that that went on to become, I think, is what now is now the Heritage Rail Ale Festival. I'm thinking that's where that one might have come from. And then we've got We're All Mad Here, uh, a pale ale, American style pale ale. 6%. Not sure where I had that one. Um, oh, the, I'll give that a 3.5, and the Revolution will be televised. Got a 3.75. Back in 2017 18, I wasn't, um, I don't think I was as conscious about what I was scoring beers back then and depending if I was at a beer festival and it had been a long day my scores could have been a bit could have been a bit iffy anyway so um, the next one I've had in the past is Dandy Gammocks which is a American brown ale sounds interesting 12 bar blues series limited edition celebration of American brown ale I don't recall it 
and be honest with you, but uh, I gave it a score of 3.25. So uh, modest scoring. Uh, that was meant to be a, a multi-rich toffee sweet style brown ale. Um, so yeah, I've I've had Cheshire Brew House because I, I thought I thought it was one of them type of beers and breweries that you would um, in England you would see these in maybe in a brown bottle, five hundred ml brown bottle in um, like a farm shop. Uh, or something like that. I mean, you know, you go into a farm shop and they've got like the deli counter and the cheeses and all the farm produce. And they always tend to have like a, a, a sort of beer section, which sort of eight to nine times out of 10 will have traditional ales and traditional beers on that section. And it's that kind of uh, logo and style of beers that I thought, I'm, I must have seen that on one of them somewhere. But according to Untapped, no, I've most likely had Cheshire Brewhouse's beers before in the past on uh, on one of the beer festivals, the local ones. And uh, like I said, it's it is a shame because I'd heard really good things. It was always one of them. I'd never managed to get over there to Congleton to to see the place and and have a beer in the actual um, little brewery there, which is a shame. And. Uh, well, it says uh, following, uh, I've just found it online. So about the pub, following ill health of the owner, brewery kit sold off, not expected to reopen. Um, and the industrial unit has since been sort of somebody else's in it by now, I would imagine. But the uh, previous description was uh, single room, micro pub and bottle shop has four hand pumps, two keg fonts, uh, is now supplemented by a... Uh, a covered yard which occasionally hosts live music. The brewery tap for Cheshire Brew House, which uh, with an emphasis on brewery fresh beer and conversation. All Cheshire Brew House beers are vegan friendly and cascale drawn from wooden casks, uh, wooden cask regularly feature. Bottled Govinda Shevslier won a an award. Championship in um, Germany in 2018. Yeah, just a, a, a well, a small bit of background there, but it's more of a description of the actual uh, brewery tap or brew house. Um, looks like it was quite a nice setup, to be honest. Quite a nice place to go and enjoy some different beers and uh, maybe catch a, at the weekend a, a band or two, a bit of live music. One of the reviews here says, uh, being a brewery, you expect the beers to be in top condition, and they were with one being served from a wooden cask, but these beers were from high quality ingredients and some based on recipes from the early 1900s, delivering very tasty drinkable beers and not ice cream cocktails. A traditional ale drinker there for you. <laughs> and that they would have visited the pub again. Now, now I know, this is, this is an alcoholic lager beer, isn't it, John? 10%? Blimey, that's quite a lot, isn't it, John? You can buy me a pint and support the podcast via the Patreon page. Link in the show notes. Cheers. See, that's the, that's, that's the thing, really, isn't it? That's the shame. of You can find these little places sort of nestled away in little towns and villages probably across, well, <laughs> wherever you live. And and they've always got a little gems on, on there. They've always got something. 
for someone and uh, where a lot of the microbreweries and craft ale come out comes from that's where it kind of begins but some like this choose to go down the other route where they really sort of go back in time and look at where certain beers came from the areas and if if that's if that's something that is um if there's a, maybe a local link there they can go back and explore that play with the recipe alter it bring it up to modern times kind of re-release them as as limited runs or as a as a core range and there's nothing wrong with traditional beers. There's, you know, everyone loves a craft beer and a microbrewery and um, the interesting names, the wacky labels and all that kind of stuff. But you can kind of get a little bit fatigued by that sometimes and it can be confusing. And and like I've said on the podcast in the past that, you know, back in the day, I would have just picked a beer because it had a stupid name. I wouldn't have even noticed whether what it was. So when they poured a porter out and gave it to me and it was so dark and I was like, I wasn't expecting to get a porter because I just picked it because it had a silly name. And then all of a sudden you've been drinking IPAs all afternoon in the sun and now you're stuck with a porter and it's going down rather slowly because you weren't you weren't ready for it. And uh, sometimes, especially if you're wandering around countryside pubs, and that's one thing I'd, that's one of the features I'd like to do on the podcast and on the blog for Jamie's Man Cave is um, sort of a, a, a countryside pub feature because there's still, I mean, there's certain pubs that I've driven past for years on country lanes and I've always thought, how do they stay open? How do they survive? Because if you wanted to come to it, you've got to drive to it. And if they're well known for the beers or they've got a good selection... How do you ever get through that sampling session? Because you know you've got to drive home unless you've got a designated driver, which I'm not always fortunate to have. Uh, it, it can be tough. Um, and and that you don't get that kind of passing trade um, necessarily unless, you know, some of them have had to alter the way they do things and introduce food and stuff. Um, but, as, as you know, as a whole package, even just reviewing countryside pubs that way. What I thought would be a really interesting thing to do and an interesting feature, but obviously that takes time and I don't always have the most time, so that can be difficult. Uh, but it's it's watch this space on that one because it could be an interesting little feature coming for countryside pubs. And we could rate them, review them. Talk about the beer selection, food selection, um, the atmosphere, the way it's set up and all that kind of stuff. There's quite a few around us, uh, Cheshire area. There's quite a lot, but a lot of them will be now geared up towards food and uh, restaurants and all that kind of stuff. So something I'm kind of looking into exploring. And uh, I've got a holiday coming up in June. Family holiday, we'll be travelling down to... Um, Tenby in Pembrokeshire, Wales. So there's plenty of driving to be had there. And there's a few little breweries around there. I'm going to go and try and sample as well. So I'll bring uh, any reviews to you on that one. And obviously, if there's any listeners that are interested in uh, coming on for a beer chat or anything like that, then uh, let me know. Come and find me on social media. Uh, Jamie's Man Cave or Man Cave Beers Pod on Twitter. And uh, we can have a chat and... 
maybe we can have a beer together and record it as a podcast, something like that. It'll be a little bit easier uh, when my bar's sorted. I keep telling myself this, who knows? Uh, it'll be a little bit easier when I get my bar sorted because then we might be able to have that kind of conversation as in the bar or it might be a it might be a live episode on social media or you know something like that but I, at the moment I haven't quite got the space uh, to commit to that but hopefully that is kind of where we end up and uh, once I, once I've got a bit of space sorted out I might be able to do some more homebrew as well I have got coming up, which I need to get me bum into gear and, and get the review done so I can edit the video for the actual brew day and do the Cooper's Australian Pale Ale brew kit review. I, I played about with that and I altered the, the recipe a little bit, added a few hops and I'm interested to give that a try, give it a review and then we'll um, I can put that video out video out on on youtube as i like to do with a bit of a brew day and then a review to follow but the review on the podcast as always will be a little bit more in depth and we'll have a little bit well i'll save a bit more in depth we'll have a little bit more of a beer chat around it how in depth we get who you know if you read the youtube comments not not very <laughs> but anyway anyway that's another one actually from listeners have you ever heard of the hard pour or have you ever tried the hard pour? So I'd, I'd, I'd seen that recommended for the Nitro Surge um, stouts um, with the ones with the widgets and that if you sort of dump it straight in upside down, fill in the glass and then allowing that cloud to settle, that is a better way of pouring it than it is doing the, the, the usual sort of 45 degree angle and a slow pour and all that. People get very uh, touchy about how they pour their beer, and um, I get it. I guess I get it a little bit, but you know that that beer has been sat in that can and has been transported and distributed. God knows how far has been rolling about in someone's wagon. You tipping it vertically into a glass is not going to do too much more damage to it than it has already experienced on its travels. So we don't need to get too. Uh, pernickety about the beers <laughs> and how we're pouring them whereas with the with the homebrew that i've got sat outside in the in the garage that's only been transported in a box from upstairs down to the garage so i can understand with a careful pour they don't damage the beer and all that but yeah like i say um something that's been kicked about a van several hundred miles i'm not really worried about that Anyway, that was uh, just some just some thoughts on the. I went down. I went. I, I did a stupid thing, and I read some comments on YouTube after the uh, the stout off video, and uh, and yeah, people are very picky about how they pour beers and all that kind of stuff. So, for anybody who was in them comments or was interested, just Google hard pour. Um, can of beer or anything like that and you'll you'll find a description on it it's an actual thing it's not just somebody throwing a beer into a glass and hoping for the best so anyway that's enough for this episode i think i'm almost done on this uh, cheshire brewhouse elephant's breath the edwardian extra special bitter 
got a little bit of sediment in the glass but it does tell you that on the can so i'm not particularly worried but natural unfiltered unpasteurized beer containing live yeast serve chill pour carefully so yeah whole flower hops interesting so that would be the hopped with kent ground fuggles and goldings kent ground fuggles Hmm, very interesting. Anyway, I will speak to you on the next podcast. Thanks for listening. Cheers.